Welcome to the Companion Chapel Everyday Bible Study Podcast. My name is Mike, coming to you from the Great Lakes area of beautiful Ontario, Canada on this gorgeous, it is Tuesday, July 5th, 2022. Coming right up, we have the book of Psalms, chapter 92. Don't you dare miss it. We'll be talking about quantum physics today, negative energy, and even how that negative energy comes through and people holding grudges for example, we'll use today, but Psalms 92 is an epic psalm. Don't you dare miss it. Please first consider your part in the many-membered body of Christ. This is your church. Get involved in the Companion Chapel Church today with whatever God-given talent you have. God expects you to use it in the many-membered body of Christ. So please turn with me in your Bibles to Psalms chapter 92, and we'll just get right down into it here. Verse 1, it is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord, to sing praises unto thy name, Almost high. We acknowledge God. Sing praises. Remember Psalms chapter 47 7. Sing praises with understanding. God, like, you have to think about it. If you don't understand what you're singing about, then what are you doing? Just going through the motions? That's called being a pedestrian Christian. I know in a lot of churches that I went to when I was a kid, there was hymn books everywhere. And that's fine. Hymn books are fine. But there was no Bibles in the pews. So we would pick up these hymn books and just sing, what are we singing about here? And then the and then the pastor, preacher, reverend, whatever you want to call himself, would be there using the Bible as a random book of quotes for the most boring 20-minute sermon that a little kid would ever have to sit through because we weren't being taught. God's Word is exciting. It's anything but boring. So sing praises with understanding. Psalms 47.7 To show forth thy loving kindness in the morning and thy faithfulness every night. We sing praises with understanding so that we can acknowledge and recognize God's great gift to us. He gave us a way out of this negative energy that we're living in through a salvation ministry, our Lord Jesus Christ. He's going to rid the world of evil. So give us a place of peace beyond our present comprehension. So that's loving kindness and his faithfulness every night, 24-7 is what's being said there. Upon an instrument of ten strings, upon the psaltery, upon the harp with a solemn sound, David could rock the harp. There's no doubt about it. But the key word here is solemn sound. And solemn sound in the Hebrew is higion. And it means to meditate. And we know from Psalms 47 and the next Psalms after that we are to meditate on God's word. And when we sing songs of praise to the Lord, at least know what we're talking about. Verse 4, For thou, Lord, hast made me glad through thy work. I will triumph in the works of thy hands. Because he's allowed us, he's given us his righteous right arm, his righteous right hand, the salvation ministry. We have a way out of here. Now, the works of thy hands. This is where we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. And first we'll talk about, I have a little note here about quantum physics and science true science just proves the bible and it proves god's word and the universe is made out of energy it's not made out of matter we can look up there all day long we know there's a huge energy force up there and quantum physics scientists call this energy the field their definition of the field is invisible moving forces which are beyond our current understanding and perception of physics this field of energy has the influential authoritative power over matter being the physical world. This is the exact same definition the Bible gives us of the spiritual world. 
long before quantum physics. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God, which is His His divine invisible force beyond our current perception and understanding of physics. God's Holy Spirit is that invisible force that is only seen through its manifestations that are both seen externally to mankind and internally to the individual. It's a massive energy field. His hands, that's God. He has us reduced and restricted right now in these flesh bodies. Fair enough, we know why. Let's carry on here with verse 5. O Lord, how great are thy works, and thy thoughts are very deep. So when we see this, how great are thy works, we give it up for God. We understand God is the creator. Mankind is the exterminator. We have to go to thy thoughts are very deep. And I have written in the back of my Bible, I wrote a note on this. A lot of times you'll see dark thoughts or the word dark. It's It should have been translated deep. And this deep thoughts is, the, is what we're talking about, parables and proverbs. So the prime root verb of parable or proverb is Michelle and it's a superiority and mental action but the word parable and proverb are the same word in the manuscripts it's Michelle and it, and so a parable or proverb is a concise concise statement of principle that is applicable to God's laws encompassing all aspects of human life it is instructional doctrine that is illustrated with the fullness of expression, sense, and meaning. All parables and proverbs include a divine ruling judgment that is final. Parables and proverbs are a rule of governments, governance in the divine power of God's diminutive authority. They're imperative, absolute, they're construct. All parables and proverbs are connected to glossary threads that run through the Bible for a clear and concise interpretation now always remember to translate key words and phrases outside the bible is not only misleading but it's mis mischievously malicious it'll never give you an understanding that's why i go into past the strong's concordance i study from the original manuscripts through the lexicons and out from any version that you want to read any English version and it's the lexicons that give us the etymology of the keywords which gives us the sense and meaning and the concise reasoning behind these words how they're applicable and they run threads through the Bible for interpretation the Bible interprets itself so nobody can ever say to you oh well that's your interpretation no these key words that are found in the lexicons of the original language the true deep sense and meaning and full expression of the words run threads through the Bible for understanding. The Bible interprets itself, of course. Again, anyone outside, interpreting outside the Bible is worse than useless. It's mischievous. O Lord, how great are thy works, and the thoughts are very deep. A brutish man knoweth not, neither doth a fool understand this. Why is this? Because their egotism is fueled by their imaginative criticism, their persistent unbelief, and chronic disobedience. You see these people everywhere, overfed, unconcerned, arrogant, belligerent. And what I say to these people, when you're talking about the Bible, or you're just talking about the affairs of time, or, or humanity, to get into a esoteric philosophical debate with these people is almost impossible. 
because I can only say you have an esoteric view, exoteric view, because I don't care about your imagination. And I just say that flat out. That's your imagination or it's Hollywood's imagination is superimposed something on you, some kind of train of thought. And that's where we get into the, the word meta. And that's what meta means in the Bible. When you follow the word meta in the Bible, it means to superimpose a train of thought into your very psyche. It means to walk with you, to be with you, to be inside you and all around you. Just a second, please. I'll try and edit this out, but I doubt it. Okay, so where are we? A British man. Arrogant, belligerent. We know these people. They, they just, oh, you have your religion, I have mine. Well, you've made up yours, okay? So, and w what you worship is, worship is a verb that goes with religion. That's an, the action on what you believe in. And most people just make it up. And that's sad. We pray for these people. This is the greatest book ever written. That's why it's the most printed book on planet Earth and the best-selling book of all time for 2,000 years running. But people don't want to understand it. People don't want to believe because they don't want to obey. And we pray for these people. We're all part of the human family here. And God wants his children back. And all, the other two-thirds of the angels, they want their brothers and sisters back. This is a short time. Watch this. Verse 7. When the wicked springs as the grass, and when the, all the workers of iniquity do flourish, it is that they shall be destroyed forever. Okay, grass here is an analogy of people. So there's a huge glossary thread. If you were to uh, translate outside the Bible in the English and say, grass, uh, that's my front lawn. My front lawn is evil. It springs up. Oh, my front lawn. I should do something about that. Let's follow this thread through the Bible. Just turn back one page. We get this in the Bible. What grass means. Thou carriest them away as with the flood as they are asleep. Talking about the one-third that fell. That's us. In the morning... We are like grass which groweth up. So there's grass, and it withereth fast. This is a vapor of time. But let's go somewhere else where this grass is being talked up. Deuteronomy chapter 32. And I don't have it open there, but I can find it very quickly. Deuteronomy chapter 32. My doctrine shall drop as the rain upon the grass. Like, God's not talking to the grass. God's not saying, uh, my speech shall... Uh, come down and water your front lawn for you. No. Here we are in Deuteronomy chapter 32. Give ear, O ye heavens, and I will speak. And hear, O earth. That concerns you and me and all of us. Hear the words of my mouth. My doctrine shall drop as the rain. And my speech shall distill as the dew. Now this word distill is mean flow or covers as the dew. As the small rain upon the tender herb. Those are new Christians. And as the showers upon the grass, those are the Christians that should be growing and developing and, and maturing as Christians. Okay, we're not talking about, again, your front lawn. We're talking about people here. And one of the greatest spots, go to Revelation chapter 8, verse 4. Uh, it's the first trump. It says, the grass shall be burnt up. And what we're talking about here, we're not talking, again, about your front lawn. We're talking about people being burnt up with bitter disillusionment, discontentment. All the division, the disorder, and the chaos on planet Earth is burning people up from the ground up. Evil shall destroy the wicked, Psalms 34. 
But Psalms 37, fret not because of evildoers, neither be envious of the workers of iniquity. They shall be cut down like grass. So there's a great glossary thread for interpretation through the Bible. When people will go to just jump ahead to the book of Revelation and they'll go to the first trump and they go, geez, my front lawn's going to get burnt up and my favorite maple tree. Well, that sucks. It's not talking about your front lawn and a tree. It's talking about people. The Bible interprets itself. It uses analogies for understanding. It's a great glossary chapter here for trees and grass. We're going to talk about trees in just a minute here. But verse 8, But thou, Lord, art most high forevermore. God dwells in the circuits of, of time infinity. And just go back one page, Psalms chapter 90. Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Go, that means go habitation, to dwell in circuits of time. And we know where God is right now. He tells us. He's hanging out in the Zodiac, Psalms chapter 19. And he lets us know. He lets us know that circuit of time. He's about to wrap up the affairs of time on this flesh age very soon. And if you studied Psalms chapter 19 with me, it explains it very clearly. And there's great thread that runs through the Bible when God is going to wrap up the affairs of time on this age. It's very comforting. For lo, thy enemies, O Lord, for lo, thy enemies shall perish. God is going to extinguish the negative energy. And if people want to carry that negative energy, for example, through holding grudges. I'm just one example here. You know, we could use greed. We could use all kinds of what the, the trademarks of evil, anger, arrogance, and aggression are, are wide and, and in many, many guises. But bitterness may feel empowering at first. Holding a grudge may feel empowering at first. But it always leads to deterioration of life. And if you're carrying a negative energy, you can't come into the kingdom of heaven because it would be nothing more than a new hell. You have to unload it. Like I said, it may feel empowering at first. Someone said to me the other day, someone who I really like about how they hold grudges. And I'm just trying to explain it through this podcast here, that it does feel empowering at first. And if you let go of the grudge, you may feel like you're giving in. But it has no value. In fact, it has a negative value. Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter 5 said, you can't be pointing fingers. You can't have disdain for others. You have to consider human frailty. What if Jesus Christ held a grudge when you repent? And Jesus Christ would say, well, what about what you did back in 2000, what, whatever, or back in 1995, Michael? Remember what you did? I'm going to rub your face in it till the sun goes down. Jesus Christ doesn't hold grudges. He wants his children back. Repent and let it go. For lo, the enemies, O Lord, they shall perish. You perish yourself. Your negative energy will destroy you. And you're not allowed into the kingdom of heaven. God collected the negative energy, the people that were carrying the negative energy that followed the adversary. Revelation chapter 12, 4. One third of us, me, you, were cast to the earth to pass through the matrix once born innocent of woman so that we could come to terms with what's inside of us that is not conducive to a place of peace beyond our present comprehension. We are like grass. 
we just it's such a short vapor of time when you consider the affairs of time infinity back infinity forward in this short flesh age you write your own sentence here and now god's not judging what happens to you god is judging what you do and that includes not doing the things you should do which is also includes not getting involved in a ministry that is teaching the bible help glorify magnify and broadcast god's saving word with whatever god-given talents you have i see people on their phones all day long with their face glued to their phones or to a screen what are you doing we're living on borrowed time god expects you to help him to assemble yourselves together in the many-member body of Christ and get involved with whatever God-given talents you have. Isaiah chapter 45, verse 20. Assemble yourselves. Get ready. Keep the path straight. Back to a place of peace beyond our present comprehension to get out of these nuisance, nagging flesh bodies and back into our spiritual body into that great energy that we're all connected to. But right now, we are the one-third. We're reduced and restricted in these flesh bodies. Everything beyond us is everything that we look out in the sky or think about the affairs of time, infinity back, infinity forward, is beyond our under current understanding of physics. But it's there. People say, I can't see God. You can see his manifestations. Quantum physics has proved the universe is not matter. It's energy. That's God's energy. And God talked about that in proverbs chapter 8 the bible answers every logical moral objection known to mankind god said in the beginning wisdom was there before the first adam was formed on the highest part of the dust of the earth when the whole universe was a pulverized dust a consciousness in this energy of infinity beyond our comprehension a consciousness formed that's your loving father the creator he didn't create disorder chaos pandemonium like we see on planet earth today but when that started to transpire through the adversary satan himself through the devil the slanderer god had to t take action and he had us cast to the earth we have this one short chance here and don't lose your chance you have an inheritance in a place of peace beyond our present comprehension that the lord jesus christ suffered to set up for us it's valid, it is legit, it's bona fide, and it will not accommodate evil, and it's waiting for you, it's waiting for me. And you just have to follow this simple book of instructions. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. Scattered energy is useless. Energy energy in, the, in this universe, God will not allow the negative energy. If you want to carry that negative energy, it's curtains, man. Like, you're going to exhaust your caregivers. We care about the human family. But being a caregiver can only take so much before it's a moot point. It's You exhaust your caregiver, and then you, you're just going to have to go sit in hell. And then a great white throne judgment, there's a good chance you'll be snuffed out. And that's mortifying. Do you think God wants to snuff out his children? Absolutely not. But he will not accept a negative energy up in the heavens where we belong. But my horn shall exalt like the horn of a unicorn. What's these guys thinking when they translate this? Horn means power. And this is like a buffalo or a wild ox. Whatever those animals that get that short horn. And they're so powerful. It's just, this is just an analogy of power. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. That's a sign of obedience. 
to sanctify yourself. When you say sanctify yourself for God, that means to set yourself aside and signal to God, I'm one of your children. I submit with an unquestioned obedience, my Lord Jesus Christ. I understand the natural order of things, why we're here, where we're going, why you came here. And I surrender my entire existence to you, my Lord Jesus Christ. Please saturate me with your Holy Spirit. Please cleanse me. Please wrap me in your vesture. Please cover me in your veil. Please hold my hand. These promises are written in the councils of eternity. You are my Heavenly Father. I am sorry. I repent. And I love you. And we want to get back where we belong. My I also shall see my desire on my enemies. And my ears shall hear my desire the wicked that shall rise up against me. Come on about this. Whoever wrote in my desire that's added. My eyes shall also. We'll see the enemies. We'll see what happens. Okay. Like desiring bad things on others is bitterness. Okay. And again, bitterness may feel powerful at first, but always leads to deterioration of life. When you see your enemies, we're instructed to pray for your enemies. Like we're not blind when we go into heaven. We're going to see the heaven and hell side as it's so eloquently written in the book of Luke and Lazarus and the rich man. There's a gulf there. It's real. And you can't get past it. We don't feel like, yeah, you upset me when I was down here walking in the flesh and I'm glad to see you over there suffering in hell. No, we pray for these people. Repent. We're all part of the human family. We want everybody back in a place of completeness, a place of safety. A place of understanding, of love and compassion. Not a place like behind me, what mankind has done through unadulterated, ruthless greed and egotism, planet Earth. We went out of here. We're just sojourning through. This is a test period for correction. If you like the ways and things of the world, fill your boots, man. Go for it. It just will lead to death. Like, look at the billionaires on planet Earth. Are they happy? I don't know. Let's look at Bill Gates. He just went through a divorce. Are, are these happy people? What about uh, Jeff Bezos? Another guy just went through a divorce. Is that happy when your household's falling apart? Like you can't buy happiness. Like it doesn't matter how much money you have or material things. The emptiness of the material world is never fulfilling. Like the fullness of the spiritual world that God has allowed for us through our Lord Jesus Christ. Anoint yourself with fresh oil. That's sign of obedience. Signal to God and signal to others who you are. I'm a Christian person. Don't mess with me. To be meek in the Hebrew language in the Matthew chapter 5 when it says the meek shall inherit the earth. Meek means to afflict yourself with self-discipline. It means to learn to say no to yourself in the face of all the vain curiosities that come up before you. All the temptations, the many ways that seemeth right unto man that lead to death. Being meek doesn't mean you can come here and, and get up in my face. And It means I'm strong and I, I know how to say no to myself. And that's what meek means. My eye also, okay, I read that. My desire, that's a brutal translation, but we pray for the enemies, but we're going to see it and hear it go down. God's not keeping us in the dark on this. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree and grow like the cedar of Lebanon. The palm, see, here we go again. Trees is analogies of people. 
and you follow that thread through the Bible again, it's all over the place. It's a massive thread. And even to Revelation 8, for the first trump, the tree shall be burnt up. What burns people up? When you say you're unboiling inside, it's division, chaos, disorder. It's what the multi, it's what the one, one world media is portraying, is their narrative has to reflect their mandate, which is chaos. They don't, Satan is the treasure of the world and Satan is the schoolmaster of the world. Just keep that in mind. Okay, so when we say flourish like a palm tree, that means a watered with a deep root. We're deep set in. You know, we're meek. You can't mess with us. We know how to say no to ourselves. We have self-discipline. We're not movable. And like the cedar of Lebanon, far-stretching branches. Analogy of us as trees. Us as the many-membered body. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. God will wipe away all tears. We'll flourish there. Are we flourishing on planet Earth right now? People are bragging about, oh, the best economy on planet Earth is the United States. Yeah, one in six Americans is on food stamps. You want to keep chasing money? It's just a waste of time. And even if you win the rat race, you're still a rat. The emptiness of the material world will never get you anywhere. You want to flourish? You focus on getting back to a place of peace beyond our present comprehension. God's outstretched arms are always there. It's up to you. It's God will not violate the principles of free will. You do what you want. But you cannot violate the principles of God without consequence. They shall bring forth fruit in old age. Let's see eternity, man. We're going to always be continuing. It's a busy place in heaven. They shall be fat and flourishing. That just means prosperous. Happiness is prosperous. The metric for prosperous in the ways and things of the world is money. And money can't buy happiness. It can't buy virtue. It can't buy morals. It can't buy love. And it can't buy salvation. It can't buy eternal peace. That's what we flourish in. A place of peace beyond our present comprehension. Together as a whole human family. To show that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteous in him. He's your rock. That's your only stability. There's no unrighteous in him. He's not going to compromise with evil. Well, I hope you enjoyed Psalms chapter 92. I really enjoy bringing it to you. If I've helped you, please help me keep bringing these podcasts. I'm trying to do video here. Thank you for the donations so far. I got some electricity here. I've been here for years with no electricity or running water. If you can help out, get part, be part of the Companion Chapel homesteading community. I'm trying to learn how to do gardens here. Uh, there's 77 acres of land here. Go to companionchapel.com or email me at companionchapel at gmail.com. Listen, I want you to have yourself the greatest day. God bless you and bye for now.